Hey everyone, I just want to say thank you so much for all your support the last two years. So to say thank you, I am doing a free NFL jersey giveaway of any current player of your choice. All you have to do to enter is write a five-star written review and post a picture tagging me or DM it to me at Alex Caruso on Twitter. I will pick a winner at the end of July. Now back to another amazing episode of the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What's up, the Shaq Bear, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're listening to the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. This is the 24th episode of Season 3. Today, we're going to be talking about a fantasy football speed round. 15 questions in as short of amount of time as possible to hit places all over fantasy land, like the biggest bus, the biggest breakout of 2022, all the way to some hard-hitting player versus player debates. Joining me today to break this all down is a man who is the owner creator and ceo of one of the best up-and-coming fantasy football companies formerly of fantasy pros now taking the world by storm with over fifty-five thousand followers on twitter he is the fantasy playbooks kyle yates welcome back to the show thanks man i need you to like follow me around everywhere it's just like my hype man like <laughs> man i appreciated that intro that uh, that got me hyped up so yeah i just need to hire you on and you just follow me around everywhere hype me up everywhere it's great Oh, absolutely. That's that's obviously what we're here for. So if you ever need it, you know, I'm more than happy to do it. And again, Sounds when you get the fantasy playbook merch coming out and stuff like that, how can you not support it? But nonetheless, we got 15 questions to get to and we'll start off with number one. I'll give you a, you know, a nice, easy softball to start. And simply, what's your favorite part of the fantasy football offseason? Because we're recording this today on July 1st. We are about 60 days away from the real season, you know, almost about to be here. So what is your favorite part of the offseason? doesn't need to be from now until the season, but overall. You know what? I got my start in the fantasy football industry in Dynasty, right? That was like how I made my mark. So I love the NFL offseason, right? And there yeah. are times where, you know, I grew up like playing franchise mode on Madden. Like that is my <laughs> thing, right? And like you just sim kind of the games and let's get sure. to the offseason. Let's make some trades. Let's get some free agent signing, stuff like that. So I love the NFL draft, man. I absolutely, absolutely love the NFL draft because I love scouting these guys coming out of college and then getting through the NFL draft. And then you get into the May months, the June months, you've got some rookie drafts that are happening. And then yeah. June really gets quiet, man. It gets so quiet. And now we are about to just like training camp is about to happen and we're about to put our foot on the gas and go. So I, I love the NFL draft. But this is a really cool time as well as we're about to get into the start of training camps and really ramping up to the uh, the start of the NFL season. I think mine is mine is like the training camp hype. Like I know it's always overrated every year, but like you talked about like just the hype like in the intro. Like I just love like you know like seeing players get like hyped up and like it gets me amped up, especially when it's guys that I'm already interested in. So that would be it for me. But you know, speaking of that, we're getting into July and you know, a lot of players are starting to get talked about in the fantasy football world right now. So who's one player you think is not being talked about enough? This could be someone that you feel is like, you know, overhyped, underhyped, but like who's one player you think that's not getting enough attention for better or worse? Yeah, I've talked about him a couple times this past week on the Fantasy Playbook podcast. Uh, it's Ronald Jones, uh, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And formerly, you know, if you paid attention to fantasy football, you know him from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had a really, really solid 2020 campaign and then got in the doghouse of Bruce Arians there in 2021 and lost that job to Leonard Fournette. Remember, going into the NFL season last year, in that starting Thursday night football matchup, 
we still didn't know who that starting running back was going to be. If it was going to be Leonard Fournette, if it was going to be Ronald Jones, if it was going to be a 50-50 split, we still didn't know how that was going to play out. Jones, an incredibly talented running back. He's got his issues. He's got his shortcomings, right? But yet at the same time, when you get him in between the tackles, let him run on first and second down, he can pick up some chunk yardage for you. He can be a talented running back. So I see this situation in Kansas City for him as the first and second down guy. You got CEH sliding back into the role that I think he should have occupied this entire time. Coming out of LSU, I did not like CEH as a third down or a three down running back. Excuse me. I saw him as a third down running back, a guy who's a prolific receiver out of the backfield, uh, can give you that change of pace, can give you some carries here or there, but that's what he's going to excel in and succeed in. And they've tried to make him work as a three down back. It hasn't worked. I think that's why they went out, let Daryl Williams walk, who has a very similar skill set to CEH and brought in Ronald Jones this year. So that's kind of how I'm seeing this situation play out. Ronald Jones is still going outside the top 120 in ADP over on underdog currently. So we're looking at a guy right now who you can get dirt cheap in the, you know, 10th round or whatever of your drafts. And he could be a potential league winner if he ends up as the first and second down and goal line back for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think one guy for me that's not getting talked about enough that no one is talking about is Hunter Henry. You know, I think he's someone that's very sneaky, almost no competition for targets, not like the tight end two, sorry, tier two range of like Hawkinson, Goddard, where all these guys have insane target competition. Hunter Henry has very little tar target competition. He's been one of the top fantasy finishers before, and I think that he could be one of those guys that, you know, could sleepwalk his way into a top 10 finish this year, but we will see. But who was another player that, you know, for the good side of things that you watched last year and that made you really excited about their potential to be great this year? Is there anyone that you think is under the radar or, you know, someone that is very on the radar that you have are really, really excited about this year? How can we not watch what Gabe Davis did in the playoff game against the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs and be just extremely all in on this guy for 2022, sure. right? This is a player that, you know, I was actually hyping up going into last year. I did, as you looked at that wide receiver core, you said, well, Gabe Davis might have some competition there, obviously, with Emmanuel Sanders, with Cole Beasley, but they're going to run a ton of four wide receiver sets. That was the narrative and argument going into last year. Well, then we saw Dawson Knox take that massive step forward, become a key part of the offense, which limited the opportunity for Gabe Davis to step onto the field. And listen, NFL coaches do weird things sometimes where they bench talented young players in favor of the veterans who are not going to miss the tiny little details that they need to get right. Right. Emmanuel Sanders, for his shortcomings at that point of his career, is an extremely smart, talented player who is, you know, has been around the block. He knows those those ins and outs of the finer nuances of the position that Gabe Davis didn't apparently at the beginning of the, the season last year. Well, then we really saw him just emerge at the, towards the end of last year. And of course the four touchdown game against Kansas city. So I look at him as the clear wide receiver two in this offense. You got Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, these other guys, they'll rotate through the slot. I don't think that they're going to be significant target. Uh, you know, they're going to target vacuums away from what Gabe Davis can do and occupy. And he's going to be a guy who is going to be consistently just putting up, eight plus receiving touchdowns every single year. He, he has a nose for the end zone. He's in the league's best offense. So a guy that is going outside the wide receiver two range, I think he's outside the top 24. He's someone that if I can get him as my wide receiver two, I can load up on running back in the earlier rounds, get Davis later on. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I think the guy for me is Amon Ross St. Brown that I, I cannot get enough of. He had a big role change that they highlighted in the second half of the season where they started to give him more short and intermediate routes. And then we literally saw him be the wide receiver five for half a season, not just you know a four-game sample size or a six-game sample size, but literally from week 10 until the end of the season, which is half a season. I'm so excited about him for this year. But who's the guy on the flip side 
that that has you a little bit more worried after watching them last year that you have some concern going into this year? Now, this is kind of, it's not a full worry. Uh, It's not a full pump the brakes, but Allen Robinson is the guy for me. Now, listen, I'm very, very high on Allen Robinson this year. Apparently, according to consensus, I am like all in on Allen Robinson. But (laughs) you have to at least talk about him in this category because how can we not be worried about what just happened this past year in Chicago, right? 38 receptions, 410 yards, one touchdown. Like it was just an absolutely abysmal campaign in 12 games for Allen Robinson. Now, there's a lot of external factors that we can point to and say, you know, this is probably why Allen Robinson did not succeed last year, despite being one of the best fantasy football wide receivers the past several years, playing with the likes of, you know, Nick Foles and Blake Bortles and all these other guys, Mitchell Trubisky for the first several years of his career. Now he goes to L.A., where he's the clear wide receiver two in this top five scoring offense for Matthew Stafford. And I've talked about this too. Cooper Cup, obviously, like put up absurd numbers. I think there's a little bit of regression coming. I still think he's worthy of being the wide receiver one off the board. A little bit of natural regression coming there. But this offense could just be getting started too. That's the scary part where we look at Matthew Stafford in year two of this system, continuing to develop, to develop chemistry. You get into the red zone, Cooper Cup's getting double teamed. It's just a matter of fact at this point. So that's going to leave Allen Robinson in a ton of one-on-one situations. I do not think the talent disappeared overnight. So I'm in on him for this year. But at the same time, I think he's a perfect candidate for this question because you at least have to be somewhat worried about what we saw last year. That's why his ADP is not in the top 15 where it would be if we didn't have these concerns. Agree, agree. My pick for this is, is Zeke Elliott. I mean, I'm I'm higher than consensus than Zeke Elliott, someone I'm drafting a lot and I think is very underrated. But again, the efficiency is going down every year. We keep seeing that Pollard's going to get a bigger role and he looks fantastic. So Zeke's definitely someone to worry about, but I think he's still a value in drafts right now. But real quick, let's do a shift, you know, to some of these, you know, positional RB1 or wide receiver one overalls and guys that, you know, we feel are the early pick. These aren't necessarily dark horses, but starting off with running back, who is your early pick for the running back one overall? And maybe it's maybe it's Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, on the other side of that, you know, we haven't seen the running back one overall repeat since 2007. So who's your early pick for the running back one overall this year? Yeah, I think we still have to go with Jonathan Taylor because I I, I talked about this recently. Like with Jonathan Taylor, even if we don't get the absurd volume, right? There's been a narrative yep. so far this offseason that the Indianapolis Colts could air you know air it out just a little bit more, right? They could air uh, lean more towards the passing game versus you know with Carson Wentz. Okay, we want to lean on Jonathan Taylor, 332 rush attempts off the top of my head for Taylor last year. Like, but even if he doesn't get that type of volume. He had 700 breakaway yards last year, right? Just an insane metric where he has the ability to, even if he doesn't get the 25 carries per game, he only needs one to break away that 60-yard touchdown, right? So And make up for it. So that's kind of where I still think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. But, I I mean, listen, if Christian McCaffrey can solve the injury issues, there's a legitimate case to be made that he is easily the RB1 if he stays healthy for all 17 games. Or even if Jonathan Taylor plays all 17 games too. I think he finishes over... Uh, JT there. So I think, yeah, I, but for me, I'm still going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Agree. CMC is my pick. I think he's had some really bad injury luck. And again, he was all healthy through college. He's had a very great history of being healthy. We've just seen a rough couple of seasons. And I feel like if he's on the field, all he's done is just produce ridiculous numbers. I think he'll produce ridiculous numbers again. But again, is he on the field? But what about wide receiver? The wide receiver one is not repeated in the last few years since Antonio Brown. So if it's not going to be Cooper Cup, who's going to be the wide receiver one overall this year? Yeah, I just talked about that, right? With Cooper Cup, I think natural regression is coming. So yeah. I'm going to go to Justin Jefferson here. Uh, and yeah. with Jefferson, it's scary to think about that he's done this type of production in a run-first offense. And he even he has just come out this past week or you know past couple of weeks and talked about 
how this isn't a run first offense anymore. He's excited for what this can look like. So if Adam Thielen continuing to deal with injuries, right, we just have to take that into account. It's KJ Osborne is the next guy up. You know, he's a good value in drafts, but it's still KJ Osborne. Irv Smith, I like him as a sleeper tight end, but this is Justin Jefferson's offense and he's going to soak up targets week in and week out when he's out there. So I think it's crazy to think that Jefferson has done this type of production in a run first offense. We could see that increase here in 2022. Agree. He is also my pick, but what about the tight end position? This one's going to be a little different here. Who are you taking as the tight end one overall for this season, Travis Kelsey or the field? So I talked about this recently with Tom Brady, where I said, until I see the production drop off with Tom Brady, I'm just going to continue to buy in. And so yeah. for me with Travis Kelsey, you've got the, you know, Tyreek Hill uh, out of town. You've got MVS, Sky Moore, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think those are all fine players, but I don't think that they are going to take away target volume from Travis Kelsey this year. So, you know, until I see it, until I see the drop off in production, the age catch up to him, whatever, I'm still going to continue to take Travis Kelsey as the tight end one off the board. 100%. He's done it five out of the last six years, only year Nuts. he did it last year. And then you lose a 25% target share from Tyreek Hill. No one else is going to take that. More volume for Kelsey all the way. I hope it happens. But let's get into some quick player debates and we'll do one for each position. Starting off with quarterback. Who would you rather right now in your fantasy football drafts, Russell Wilson or Trey Lance? Listen, I think Trey Lance has QB1 overall upside. I am well known as the Trey Lance guy. I had him as QB1 coming out of that NFL draft over Trevor Lawrence. I got a ton of heat for that one. But uh, I think that from a fantasy perspective, he easily has that upside. However, I've talked about this this offseason saying, even with we, there's still some unknowns there with Trey Lance, right? Uh, but looking at Russell Wilson, we know what we're going to get. I put Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford in this same tier in drafts at like QB7, QB8 off the board, where you know what you're going to get. They're very safe or plays, but they have the upside because of the offenses that they're in with all the, the playmakers that they've got. So right now I'm going with Russell Wilson, but they are like back to back in my rankings. I love that. I love that. They're very similar in mine, too. I have Trey Lance slightly over him again because everything that you stated, I think he's going to be Jalen Hurts on steroids in terms mm -hmm. of just having great weapons, already doing it as a running quarterback, averaging, you know, small sample size, but, you know, 10 rush attempts per game and all teammates, coaches and everyone that has watched this guy play has done is gushed similar to Pat Mahomes before he took over for Alex Smith. Who knows? But I like Trey Lance here at the running back position. I got three running backs for you. I have such a hard time with this one. I've gone back and forth with this one all morning, but Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara, full PPR, pick one. Oh, man. This is an easy answer if we don't have the suspension for Alvin Kamara hanging over his head. Yeah, right? that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? You know, if we if we knew that Alvin Kamara was not going to be suspended for his off-the-field incident in February, then I think that we just easily say this is Alvin Kamara and we don't think twice about it. Uh, so Alvin Kamara currently at RB8 in my rankings, DeAndre Swift at RB10. Then I've got uh, Leonard Fournette at RB12. So I, if we... If we're taking the suspension into account and I have to choose right now, uh, then I'll go DeAndre Swift because I think that he's still going to provide a very, very safe floor in full PPR formats. Uh, Leonard Fournette might have a little bit more upside because of the offense that he plays in, but DeAndre Swift, the talent level is certainly there. I love that. I love that. I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Again, top five running back before we get hurt. You know, I have his jersey in my room, so how can I pick against this guy? And I'm the resident, you know, DeAndre Swift president on Twitter, so I have no choice but to stay on brand here. I'm going with Swift. But what about a wide receiver? This is a tough one. Tyreek Hill or Mike Evans? And again, full PPR definitely changes things, but Tyreek Hill in a new offense with a new quarterback, a lot of things are different. Who are you taking between these two? If we knew that Chris Godwin was on the pup, to start the year, this would be a clear Mike Evans, 
don't think yeah. twice about it. The upside is there because he's got the touchdown upside. We know that with 27 touchdowns over the past two years. Uh, but the target volume is has just been inconsistent. Uh, you know, he's got the the patented one reception for two yards and a touchdown, and it saves your fantasy day, uh, fantasy week there. So, but I think if we have Chris Godwin out of the lineup, no Rob Gronkowski this year, then Mike Evans could see eight to ten targets per week on top of the touchdown upside. Tyreek Hill, I do have some questions and concerns about. He was a very volatile fantasy asset last year, even with Patrick Mahomes. So I have some concerns about that. Maybe the role that he steps into in Miami is a little bit more consistent, getting him those short area targets, let him create after the catch. So I'll still go Mike Evans here just because of the upside and because I do have those concerns with Tyreek Hill. But there's the potential that if Chris Godwin does come back to start the year, then Mike Evans could might not live up to those ex expectations. I'm surprised that's what you picked. I put that in there because I wanted to take Mike Evans as well. Again, like he might not have two extra Hall of Famers, you know, that he's throwing to this year in Gronk and Antonio Brown obviously won't be there. Mike Evans, the sky is the limit. I wouldn't be surprised if he had 20 touchdowns if Chris Godwin is on the pup this year. I think that's within the realm of possibility, but I hope that Gronk comes back for his sake. But Mike Evans, also my pick there. At the tight end position, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, all going back to back to back in ECR expert consensus rankings right now. Who is the one guy that you are taking? For me, this is pretty easy. This is Dalton Schultz. No yep. Amari Cooper here in town. Michael Gallup, most likely to start the year on the pup. Uh, then you've got James Washington and Jalen Tolbert. I know a lot of people are talking about Jalen Tolbert. I did not like him coming out of South Alabama. I think he is a project. Do not think he's ready to contribute here in year one. So as we look at CD Lamb, I think he's going to feast. I think he's going to, I think he's a top five wide receiver this year in that range. Uh, but then Dalton Schultz is right behind him. I mean, even last year, we, we were seeing Dalton Schultz with eight targets per game, right? He was consistently just soaking up targets. So I'll go Dalton Schultz here. TJ Hawkinson, you got competition there in that offense. Now Dallas Goddard got AJ Brown. I think that brings the target volume down. So Dalton Schultz here pretty easily for me. Yeah, I, I would agree again, because I like, you know, Hawkinson and Goddard the talent, but I think both of them are going to be like the third option in their offense at this point. And for that reason, with the target volume available, if Amari Cooper was there, this would be a different story. But mm -hmm. you know, because of that, as long as Schultz gets that contract, not as much of a believer in his talent, but the situation, you know, I am willing to go him as well. But one bonus one for you right here at the running back position, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, who is the one guy that you are taking here? That's Ezekiel Elliott for me, and that's not particularly close. I've got Zeke inside my top 12 running backs on the year. So, uh, and then Travis Etienne and Brees Hall, they are not up that high in rankings. So, this is pretty easy for me. It's Zeke. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Zeke was my pick this morning when I woke up and then I had breakfast and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go Travis ATN here because of the PPR upside. I'm going the to win. My, I'm yeah. trying to win my league. And I think for that, you know, I'm going to go that. But, Zeke should be the pick every day of the week, and people are underrating it. A lot of people would be like, no, Zeke is easily the worst option here. I think those people are crazy. But we got three more questions for you before we get out of here. So we talked about the breakout and the bust in the intro. So who do you think is the player? I know this is not a fun term and not a fun one for you to pick, and you're going to disappoint some people. But who is the number one guy you think that is going to bust in fantasy football this year? Listen, I think that people are starting to catch on to this, but early on in the offseason, I took a lot of heat for pointing out DK Metcalf as a guy who I was really avoiding in all formats. Uh, I was saying sell him in Dynasty if you got him because we're looking at Drew Locke, we're looking at Geno Smith, even if they bring in any of the options right in this offense too with Pete Carroll running things, they're going to run the football, run the football and run the football. They're going to control the pace of play. This offense is not going to run many plays per game. So when you have questionable quarterback play, you have the limited plays per game. 
what, where is DK Metcalf? He's got to be all world efficient to be able to be this top 15 guy, top 20 guy even. So DK Metcalf is a guy that, uh, listen, I, I know his ADP is steadily ticking down and he's not like a top five pick where, you know, he's not going to, if he doesn't live up to those expectations, it's going to be a major bust. But at the same time, this is a guy that I'm not going to have on any of my rosters in 2022. Exactly. In the last time that, you know, the Seahawks had a wide receiver with 140 plus targets in a season, I was in diapers. That was in 2004. <laughs> that was a long, long time ago. And again, people are pointing out his crazy target share, but this team was the lowest in the NFL and offensive plays ran per game last year. The pace is as slow as possible. It doesn't matter if he gets a 30% target share. The right. volume is just not going to be there, especially when they're coming from Geno Smith or Drew Locke instead of Russell Wilson. So I really like that pick. My pick here, unfortunately, is Chris Godwin, especially when he's going ahead of guys like Elijah Moore and Amon Ross St. Brown. I love Chris Godwin, probably my favorite fantasy football player of all time, but I just can't get behind him right now at his ADP when he could end up on the pup, and we don't know exactly what he's going to look like. I just don't want to wait until week 13 or 14 to get a fully healthy Chris Godwin. But again, I hope he comes back instantly and just lights the field on fire, but that is going to be my pick. But what about on the flip side? Who is your player that is going to be the biggest breakout this year for 2022? You talked about him earlier. I'll go Travis Etienne here. Uh, I'm buying into Etienne be, taking a major step forward this year. And the reason why is I don't think this Jags offense is going to be very good again in 2022. Uh, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily going to be, even with James Robinson coming back, I don't think Etienne is going to be a guy who's seeing 20 touches per game. But the issue is that he doesn't, or the thing is, is that he doesn't need 20 touches per game. With his breakaway ability, with the receiving ability, with the connection with Trevor Lawrence, he can be a guy that just gets you eight carries per game, but he takes one yeah. of them for 40 yards. And, you know, it, it makes up your as an RB2. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So I think Travis Etienne is going to take a major step forward this year. I love that. I love that pick again, especially as someone that, you know, you know, picked him, you know, over the Zeke play there. So I really like that pick for me. It's Trey Lance. People have done nothing but gush about him. We've seen this archetype of the rushing quarterback in the second year that breaks out. And he probably has the best weapons of almost any one of those guys that we've ever seen, as long as they can re-sign Debo and then Kittle, Ayuk, maybe Danny Gray, who knows. But Trey Lance is the guy for me. I absolutely love him and what he's going to do this year. But the last question I have for you, give you an easy one, you know, a little cool down as we stretch off. A lot of people, you know, listen to fantasy podcasts. A lot of people think about creating content like myself. I was one of those people on the fence, but what would be your biggest tip to people, you know, trying to make it in the fantasy football industry or thinking about creating content? Yeah. So I get asked this question a lot all the, <laughs> and all the time. And what the reason why I created a video over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy playbook, there's a video that I did that gives my top five like action steps that you can take to make it full time in the fantasy football industry. Here's where to start in creating content or, you know, getting your foot in the door. So that's definitely something where I could run through those, but I would just say, go watch that video because it is chock full of information and, you know, really solid action steps that you can take. So youtube.com slash fantasy playbook. Definitely check that out if you're interested in getting your foot in the door of the fantasy football industry. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. And Kyle, I've absolutely loved having you on the show today. I always appreciate you making time for me before we get out of here. You got a lot of really great stuff going on over at the fantasy playbook. So please plug it for the listeners. If they don't already know, follow and subscribe to what you're doing, please tell them exactly where they should be heading right after they finish listening to this. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, YouTube.com slash the fantasy playbook, a uh, ton of content going up there and ton more coming your way soon. Uh, and then over on Twitter at Kyle Y NFL, definitely uh, follow me over there and uh, keep you up to date on everything going on with the fantasy playbook.
Absolutely. I love that. And I've loved having you on with the listeners. We loved having and talking ball with you every single point this off season, new podcast coming out every Tuesday and Friday. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, but as always, please leave a review. You guys already know what to do. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day.